It's the Um Yeah Sports Podcast with John and Chris McConey, where we cover the latest and greatest happenings across the sports world. Family friendly and all about the sports. Let's get to it. Hey there, how's it going? Doing well, how about yourself? I am doing excellent. The Bucks are uh, 4-0 over the last four games. They're playing the New Orleans Saints. We're going to see who is going to take the NFC South here soon. Such a nail-biter in that division yeah. every single year. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Nail-biter. <laughs> see, see who's awesome in the South. Who's going to make it into the playoffs? I think it's going to be the Bucks when all is said and done. Um, but I've got a few things that I want to talk about in the NFL. And then, I don't know if you know this, but the college football playoffs are coming up here very soon. I'm very and excited. So I'd like to talk a little bit about that too, if that's Sounds cool. Sounds great. All right. So let's start uh, with the Buccaneers, uh, which kind of is where we started. Uh, they are 4-0 and heading into this game with the Saints. Trying to get the South buttoned up <laughs> yeah. so we can be done. Uh, they are now what's eight and seven, eight and seven, and their com- competitors, the the Saints and the Falcons, are, are seven and both eight, sitting so. at seven and eight. And the Panthers so, are two and thirteen. But that doesn't uh, really matter. Yeah, forget about them; they're done. But we do have a bit of a three-way horse race going on for the South. Uh, you've been watching some Tampa highlights. What do we think going into this game against the Saints? Are we just going to go ahead and 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 take the South here for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? Yeah, it usually is the the Bucks are able to pull this pull out the the divi- division the last couple of years at least. Um, they are ahead, like you said, by one game, which is big considering how close it all is. Uh-huh. Uh, but I think when you look at the Bucks and their recent success, um, a lot has to do with the fact that they're doing the things that have worked at the start of the season more, and they're having more success with it. What I mean by that is the short little pass plays that work with Baker, getting the ball out of his hands quickly, not allowing him to be uh, flustered in the pocket, just dumping it off, dumping it off, and letting it kind of let his guys do what they need to do to work it down the field. That's what they're doing a lot more of. Uh, and when they do that, they're having success, moving the football uh, and getting into field goal range, scoring a few touchdowns, and letting things kind of work. They're playing to Baker Mayfield's strengths. The problem is in the playoffs, uh, and when they play better teams than the Saints and the Falcons, and they're, they're going to be playing some good teams <laughs> down the stretch and into the playoffs if they make it that far, is you can't just do short passes every single play uh, because they're going to figure you out pretty quickly. And, and so while it works right now, and they're able to win a few games, and they're able to kind of stay on top of things and at least stay competitive, and they would beat the Jaguars and the Green Bay Packers in the last two games. Green Bay's okay. Uh, they don't, they're, they're kind of middle of the road. And Jacksonville has been somewhat of a roller coaster as far as good to not great. Mm-hmm. And Trevor Lawrence with that head injury I think he's out now this week so maybe it was 100% but they were to beat him mostly defensively I think this defense for the Tampa Buccaneers is one of the best in the National Football League mm. uh, but I think like Baker and he's doing the best he can uh, with the team I think it's just the short passes and then it's Mike Evans it's you know working down the field you know a few yards at a time get ahead of the sticks play that way and then at some point just have Mike Evans run down the middle of the field maybe do a seam route, something like that, to try to get him down and in the end zone and throw it and try to make a completion. And when they do that, uh, I saw a stat earlier. Let me see if I could find it here. That it was saying that when Baker Mayfield does those passes to Mike Evans, whoever it is, um, when targeting the end zone, he has 16 uh, touchdowns and zero interceptions 
So he's been pretty he's been pretty good at that doing that and make sure the ball gets to where he wants it to be. But there's also the whole issue of the fact that um Mike Evans might not return next season, so he's gonna have to figure that out. But with the way they've been rolling, it's been nice for Bucks fans to be able to get a couple of wins. I think they're gonna win against the Saints. I think the defense is rolling right now and they're playing playing well. Um, let me look up the rest of their schedule because I'm curious to see who they play besides the the Saints down the stretch. But the Saints, I think, is definitely a winnable winnable game uh, for them. And then if they could, you know, oh, and then they play the Panthers. Wow. Okay. So that's probably those games are both winnable. Pretty, I think. Pretty good setup. Well, the only the only issue with it is the last time the Bucks and the Panthers met, the Panthers stayed relatively close, which yeah. is a teeny bit scary, but. Like I said, you know, I think the Bucks are playing well right now. They've done a good job of staying in the fight. Um, I'm interested to see what they look like after the season ends and uh, what the playoffs hold for them. But they're going to have to figure out how are we going to play teams when we're behind the sticks, when Baker has to make the play for the team, and Mike Evans is just blanketed by two defenders. What does that look like? Who is that guy that steps up? How does that all materialize for them? Because that's how they're going to win and lose the football games after the season's over. Because these next two games are fluff. They're pretty easy. They'll probably mm-hmm. be wins. But, you know, who steps up? Who helps this defense play? Who stops it from being what is at the beginning of the season? The reason why they lost a ton of games, which is the defense stepped up. Yeah. The offense did not. Yeah. The offense is stepping up a little bit more. They're winning a few games. Mm-hmm. But does that mean that they've turned a corner and this is the way it's going to be? As far as the footage that I watched of the Green Bay Packer. Uh, game and the Jaguars game, I would say that they're playing a bigger strengths, but they need to do a little bit more to prove that they can, you know, do the deep ball and do it consistently yeah. uh, with Baker. All right. Well, if we can get both sides of the ball firing, then we uh, may be able to see them progress uh, into the playoffs and who knows where they'll go once they get in there. You just never know. Never know. Yeah. So you just mentioned the, uh, the, uh, Baker Mayfield led offense, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers coached by Dave Canales, who, uh, used to coach another quarterback in a, another far flung city in the Pacific Northwest. Yes. The Seattle Seahawks and Russell Wilson. Russ, uh, was traded to the Denver Broncos in a high-profile trade that involved many, many draft picks, first-round picks, the whole deal, and that has not gone well for the Denver Broncos under the prior coaching staff nor under the current coaching staff led by Sean Payton, who you would think, given his experience with Drew Brees, would love Russell Wilson and would be able to build an offense around him that would be effective. We have not seen that happen. Russ has basically been sidelined. He's been put on the bench, I guess, so that he doesn't get injured, and then they have to pay him a bunch of money, which would lead me to believe that uh, that the uh, danger Russ <laughs> uh, era in Denver may be coming to a close. And I know you're way. a big Russell Wilson fan, boy. I've, well, it's just <laughs> – I just think, like – the based off the way that like it just seems like teams are I don't really know what Denver is I know Seattle plays for younger players they don't want to keep players once they get to a certain age they want to move on to different different players and that's why uh, Geno Smith is there at this point and and Russell Wilson got traded Uh, but it's just the natural progression of things if you're a football program you know the first coach doesn't work out he usually gets fired sometimes the GM 
they bring in a new coach to try to rectify things, see if they keep things going. If they like that coach, they'll usually move on to the uh, quarterback, and then they'll get rid of him to try to blame somebody for their recent struggles. The problem with that is, in this particular case, and what a lot of people are saying is Russell Wilson hasn't been playing particularly bad football. This is just all about not wanting to pay him. Hmm. Um, I'm not exactly sure why teams struggle with this so much of like, they, they get a guy and, you know, the team isn't great. They've got a bad team. So they're trying to bring in veteran help to help them. And then when he's not able to perform at the same level that he used to be able to because the pieces around him aren't that great, they some, for some reason think, you know, cutting them and then drafting a guy is going to be the better route to go. But how often does draft drafted quarterbacks really work out for you? It usually isn't a lot of success with drafting a quarterback in the first few rounds. I get this draft that's coming up is studded with a lot of guys that everyone wants and everyone's going to be trying to fighting to get. Um, but hardly ever does that work out. And I think what's interesting about this situation with Denver is I think this speaks to the fact that Denver is in a bad spot as a franchise. Uh, I think they are just falling apart at the seams. They've yep. over the last couple of seasons have been getting rid of defensive players, offensive players trying to do fire sales. I mean, Jerry, Judy, Cortland Sutton, all these guys, Patrick Satan, all these guys were talked about in trade rumors about possibly moving on from all these guys. Some guys didn't leave. Some guys did leave. And then, you know, you get rid of your head coach, you get new ownership. It's been a whirlwind. And now Sean Payton comes in and Russell Wilson, you know, helps you beat the bills, helps you beat the chiefs. They're beating high-profile AFC teams. Yeah, they've also had a lot of struggles, and not everything was able to work out that well. But they were on had like one of the most wins, or was on one of the longest win streaks of any team uh, in the NFL for a little while before that ended up snapping. At that point, everyone was super high on Russell Wilson and how Russell Wilson was, you know, the best quarterback in the league. He ends up being the Chiefs, and they said, if you don't restructure your contract, then we're end up cutting you. And so I think at this point, that's kind of where we're at now. There's a lot of teams around the league that could use Russell Wilson, and they'll probably find some spot. Yeah. I think the Bucks would be an interesting option for him because the well, Bucks there need is someone con- besides Baker Mayfield. Well, there's that connection. Uh, yeah, and we have to see like what happens if, if Baker has a good year and can, well continues to have a decent run going into the playoffs, does well in the playoffs. What happens then? Do you keep Baker around? Do you put a competition together? Do you go draft a guy? There's so many question marks for the Bucks. I don't, I don't feel at this point that uh, Baker has secured that spot. No, um, not either. Now, does that mean I want to go out and get Russell Wilson and pull him into the mix? Uh, I don't know if Tampa's the right spot for him. Uh, certainly with Canalis there, that's a, a connection, and they spent a lot of time together, successful in Seattle. Um, so who knows? I just think like, Russ Wilson needs to go somewhere that has an offensive line. I mean, like both Denver and Seattle had an awful offensive line every time he was there. Uh, but I mean, if you look at it, so everyone's talking about Lamar Jackson being the MVP for this season. That's been the talk. Then the uh, MVP award has become an NF or a quarterback award. And it's not really every position. Cause I think Christian McCaffrey is way more deserving than Lamar Jackson, but that's just my opinion. But Lamar Jackson, if you look at it has uh, 19 touchdowns and seven interceptions over on the season. Russ Wilson has 26 touchdowns and eight interceptions on the season. And their passing yards, it's only about 300 difference between Lamar Jackson and Russell Wilson. Now, Lamar Jackson is doing that with far better weapons than Russell Wilson is doing it with. I mean, when I was watching the Denver Broncos play, my only thought was this team is only good because Russell Wilson's there. They're not good pretty much anywhere. Defensively, everyone's talking about Patrick Sertan being a really good defensive player. We I saw him get burned multiple times. 
The defense is probably their strongest point, but it's also not great. Uh, wide receiver-wise, they've got awful wide receivers. Uh, so they're if they're moving on from Russell Wilson, I think it take it as they know they need to just revamp the entire team. And I think letting Russell Wilson fall, yeah, I get it. He's you owe him a ton of money. I think it's like this uh, they, they, isn't the contract when it came out one of the something highest ridiculous. in the NFL or yeah, something like that. It's a lot of money, ridiculous sums of money. So they want to be able to cut to try to rebuild what's going on in Denver. So I think what this signals. Uh, more than you know, just randomly benching Russell Wilson is. We know that we need to we need to scrap this season. We need to figure out what we're doing, and we need to rebuild. And I think a big part of it is going to be Sean Payton. I think Sean yeah. Payton's going to have a lot of say in what they do, sure, because they're not getting rid of him. Yeah, if they fired him and kept Russell Wilson, that'd be a different story. I think they've done that. They've done that before. Yeah, and I think Sean coach, Payton is basically getting the opportunity to be a GM coach because yeah. I think he gets to make his his decisions on this. I think he probably had a big say on this whole Russell Wilson drama as well, because if you sure. watch the sideline, when they talked, it's always heated. Yeah. So I think it's going to be interesting to see where, where this ends up and where Russell Wilson ends up. I saw like the Patriots being an option, the chargers being an option. Mm-hmm. I thought I don't that, see him being a good fit for, uh, for Belichick. Well, Belichick's gone well, after this season. Well, more we'll than see. likely that hasn't come down yet. That hasn't come down yet. We don't know where he's going. I feel like it is, but we'll see what happens. All right. Okay, so we're on this idea, this uh, this concept of, of quarterback situations. Um, let's, let's stay with that. Let's talk about the Browns for a minute and the uh, Joe Flacco-led offense of the Browns. Yeah, it's one of those situations where they did the opposite of what the Broncos are doing. They brought in veteran help to try to patch up what whatever's going on there because John Watson goes down, and then they bring in their rookie – try to patch things up. He doesn't do what they need to do. And they go out to get Joe Flacco, bring him in and he brings them on a, uh, on a ride for them to be able to lock up their spot in the, in the playoffs and have him come in. Uh, Amari Cooper having that big, uh, big game just a couple of weeks ago against, I believe it was the Texans where he went off and went crazy. Uh, I think that's one of the situations where, you know, they made the right decision. It's hard to know exactly who you should pick up and or if you should draft, if you should hold off, where you should go and all this stuff. But Stefanski and the, the and that Browns organization did a fantastic job of keeping guys together, getting some good pieces in there, and then uh, when they needed it the most, bringing the right guy to, to seal the deal. I think it's just an interesting situation that's gone on in, in, uh, in Cleveland. You don't see it too often where your star quarterback goes out uh, you're not winning a whole lot of football games. You're trying to figure it out. It usually hardly ever works out where you have to take an injury and turn it into someone better, uh, or at least being able to uh, manage the ship well enough to get you into the playoffs and not let the season become a complete bust. Um, I'm excited about the Browns uh, during this little playoff run that they'll be on and over the next couple of weeks. I think they've got a good football team. We see what they can do defensively. I don't think that's a question for anybody is if this team's a good defensive team. Uh, the question is, who's that quarterback going to be that's going to, excuse me, lead them all the way uh, to a ship, a ship if that ends up happening? Uh, but I think Joe Flacco's done a really good job with this with this team. I think he's done a really good job of keeping them going. I think his his game style is one of, you know, I haven't been in the league in a while. I want to play and I want to do this at a high level. Let's just fling it all over the yard. Uh, and when he's been doing that. They've had success. I think you still see that he has a an elite arm and he can do whatever he wants on that football field. And I think that's scary for teams that you're gonna have to face him because they're not playing at the same. At least for me, what it feels like is they're not playing like normal 
a quarterback situation uh, there. I think he's playing with kind of a little bit more reckless abandonment than mm-hmm. than other than other teams, where he's just willing to fling it. Doesn't matter what happens. Let's just get it down there and let's get chunk plays, chunk plays over and over again, and let's let, let's see what happens. And his accuracy and his ability have you know swept over Twitter and everywhere that that he's come out and done what he's able to do. So I think this Browns team is kind of emerging as you know, a possible AFC contending team. Like I said, I think the Chiefs are falling. I think the Bills are kind of imposters at this point. Um, and I think even the Jaguars, who last season played pretty decently, are kind of trying to figure out who they are and and do they make the right decisions and trying to figure that out. So I think the AFC is wide open for a team to or a couple of teams to come in there and, and establish who they are at the top of that AFC hill. And I think one of the teams is like the Dolphins. But I think this Browns team, the way that they've been playing, if they keep playing like that, they could have a good little run for themselves uh, down the playoffs. But I'm getting excited for playoff time, and there's only a couple more weeks in the mm-hmm. NFL season. Yep. Uh, Sunday, and then one more week, and then we're we're upon AFC – or, sorry, the wild card round. All right. Okay, let's uh, shift gears a bit, and let's talk some college football. We have two big games. Obviously, there's bowl games galore going on right now, uh, constant college football on the telly. But we've got some big games coming up with Washington playing Texas, Alabama playing Michigan to see who will go to the ultimate championship game. Uh, various stories that we could talk about related to these playoffs. What do you want to talk about? Yeah, I just give a little bit of a headline to you know what's going on. Like you said, it's uh, Alabama, Michigan, and then uh, UW versus uh, Texas. I think, you know... It's hard for me to give a prediction about who's going to win each game and who's going to move on to every to the next round. I think it's an interesting matchup uh, both ways. I'm glad UW isn't playing Alabama because I don't, I don't know how much success they would have there. I think they're good matchups. I think they're going to be tight matchups. Now, we know Texas obviously beat Alabama and caused them to have this really long and you know windy road to get to uh, get to the uh, the playoffs to begin with. They had to battle and beat Georgia. They had to – and after they lost to that – to to Texas really started to shake their season up. So they had to kind of battle around. Michigan's just been that slow and steady team of stay in the, get in the playoffs and stay in the playoffs. Just win every single game, even through the different turmoils that have happened for this team, stay strong and keep moving, keep moving, keep moving. And so I think they're one of the, you know, teams that you would expect to win. UW and, and Texas both were the journeymen. They weren't even in the question of the playoffs to begin the season and have worked their way into that conversation and ultimately are in there. Uh, so they'll be playing each other. And honestly, if you look at it with Texas being some of those high profile teams with their high profile quarterback position with the, that much depth and a pretty good offense, I think, you know, they're matching up well because I think the Huskies have a really good offense as well. That game's going to be interesting. I think with the, the, the uh, Michigan Alabama game, it's probably easier to, to pinpoint the way that it's going to be lopsided one way or the other. I think Michigan just needs to come out and play the way they've been playing and playing at that high level and, and bringing it to teams. Alabama's going to play like they did in that Georgia game. At the, towards the end, they're going to have to play at a high level all the way through it. They're going to have to you know get into the trenches. They're going to have to play uh, you know, all 60 minutes of that game, and they have to play at a high level. We've seen Alabama be great, and we've seen Alabama be terrible. We've seen them have issues with their quarterback position, interceptions, all of the different issues that they've had. We've seen it be clutch. We've seen them have just complete fall-apart games, and they're going to have to be – play at the high level if they want that success to happen if they want to move on to this next round now obviously Nick Saban it's hard to bet against uh as he's had a lot of success in these playoffs so I think they will be ready to play 
But the question is, are these ups and downs and the different things that they had to go through going to be enough to bring the team fully together? Or is Michigan to have a little bit more of an easier game? And then, you know, UW and, and Texas, I think that's going to really come down to the offense. I think they could be turned into a little bit of a shootout situation where they're going back and forth, back and forth. And whoever has the ball last could be the winner of that game. Because both of these teams, like I said, have good offenses uh, that they've been able to recruit and put together. UW having multiple first-round draft choices and uh, Texas having some really good young talent that's up and coming in, the, in that situation that they have rolling there. So I, could, I think those are going to be both really interesting games. It's always exciting to get into the uh, the playoff situation of any uh, any league, and especially in college mm-hmm. with the rivalries and the different things that they've that they create in the in college football. Uh, but like I said, it's hard for me to pick a particular winner and who's going to advance the next round. If I had to guess, I would have to imagine Alabama. I think it's Alabama Washington in uh, the college uh, championship. Yeah, game. I agree. That's what I think as well. Because I think Alabama it's hard to bet against them. Yeah, and UW is just playing with a hot hand right yep. now. Yep. Not to say any of these teams are going to wipe the floor with any of the other teams, but I think it's all be really close. But, yeah, I agree. And I think Washington could take it. Yeah. I, th- uh, I don't know if they're going to be able to be Alabama. I think it'll be a better game than the last time these two teams met in the college oh, yeah. playoffs back back in the day under, was it Chris Peterson? Yeah, I think uh, so. And, uh, and obviously it was still Nick Saban in, in Alabama. <laughs> but that game was a total mismatch. But this one, I think, will be I feel like it's a better, closer better one if, at it, this if point. we get there. If we get there. Yeah. All right. Awesome. Very good. What are the Celtics right now? What's their record? I think it's 23-5. and five All right. right not now. bad. They are currently playing on the television set behind me against the Raptors. I'm sure they'll win this one. Uh, but uh, they, they continue on. But we weren't talking NBA this time. So, yeah, I'll have to get into that a little more. All right. Awesome. Thank you for hanging with me. Thanks yeah. for talking uh, some NFL football, quarterbacks, college football playoffs. Good stuff. Appreciate it. Listeners, we appreciate you. If you haven't done so already, please do subscribe. Otherwise, we will catch you next time. See you. See you. God bless.